Folks, a quick message from our sponsors, Know Before. So what's a con game? It's a fraud that works by getting the victim to misplace their confidence in the con artist. In the world of cybersecurity, we call confidence tricks social engineering. And as our sponsors, Know Before, will tell you, human error is how most organizations are compromised. What are some of the ways organizations are victimized by social engineering? We'll find out here in just a minute. Now, our sponsors' questions about forms of social engineering come in this form. Know Before will tell you that there's human contact, there can be con games. It's important to build the kind of security culture in which your employees are enabled to make smart security decisions. To do that, they need a new school security awareness training. See how security culture stacks up against Know Before's free phishing test. Get it now at knowbefore.com forward slash phishing test. That's knowbefore.com forward slash fishing test. Now, no before wants to thank you for listening to the show and I want to thank them for sponsoring it. They are the provider of the world's largest security awareness and simulated fishing platform. Be sure to take advantage of their free fishing test, which you can find at knowbefore.com forward slash fishing test. Think no before for your security training. From the Cyber Hub Bunker and Studio, you're tuning in to the Cyber Hub Podcast Tech Corner. And now, join me in welcoming your host and CISO, James Azar. Hello, boys, girls, men, women, those that have served our nation and those who have not, peeps, geeks, and nerds of all kinds. Welcome to today's Tech Corner Veteran November episode. This week is very special for me. Um, this My birthday was yesterday. And kicking off my uh, my Veteran November birthday post week, which is uh, this week also happens to be Thanksgiving on Thursday. So I decided that for the next four or five episodes until Thanksgiving, I'm going to feature people who um, have helped me be a better person in cyber who are also veterans. And today joining me, is the one, the only, David Vaughn. If you have not listened to my show before and this is your first time, David's been on the show before. Uh, in fact, multiple times. Um, right, David? That is correct. We always have a good time when we get together. Yeah, it's 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 horrible when we get together because we go down <laughs> rabbit holes that Lord knows what, what, what we end up finding. Before we get started on today's podcast, though, folks, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, hit the notification bell, um, and that way you'll be able to see all of our episodes. Make sure you catch all of our previous episodes. If you're listening on your favorite podcast listening platform, make sure to subscribe right now to our podcast. You can find all of our content at cyberhubpodcast.com. And that's it. I'm done. I'm done. I promise, Dave. That's it. You know, you know how it is. Oh, I don't get my opportunity to put in like my commercials. You want to? You, you want to do your? No, I I have nothing to advertise. Call one eight hundred David Vaughn. One eight hundred David Vaughn. Yeah, no, no. I you know, I could put in a couple of shameless plugs, but uh, no, no. This is your show, man. So. Yeah, no, no shameless plugs on my show, please. Um, <laughs> un- unless I approve them first and I get a cut at the end. Um, oh yeah, sure, no problem. That's the only way to do it. So <laughs> checks in the mail. Checks in the mail. I love it. So David is a very interesting case in our veteran November because you're still a reservist. Um, you know, December first will be my 23 year anniversary. And, uh, it, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it flew by, you know. Um, I, I think, uh, as you can tell, I'm a warrant officer, right? So, this is the uh, 
the rising eagle. It's our our symbol. Uh, but uh, being a warrant officer is really probably um, probably the best thing I've ever done for my career, both military and and, and the non-military world. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so let's doubt. talk about that. Um, what branch of the military did you enlist in? How has your career progressed? And, and when did you get involved in cyber? So I've always been involved with uh, computers, right? Uh, you know, cyber's only been cyber since, what, 2007. Uh, but, uh, you know, when I graduated, uh, I, at first, I'll, I'll, I'll dial it back. So I joined the Army, but I joined the Army in a, a program called Split Ops, so in between my junior senior summer, I went to basic training. I came back, finished my senior in high school, and then I rolled out to college. But uh, you know, I had um, I went to Fort Seal, Oklahoma, uh, for basic training, and uh, ugly it, it yellow buildings. Last... It, it, exactly, uh, but uh, it was the last year of all male basic trainees, right? And um, you know, it, it was uh, summer surge. So they had more people there than they had barracks. So we were in GP medium tents and, you know, it, it was, it was ridiculous. I mean, just, it was hot as could be and, uh, really will be forever etched in my, my brain, uh, you know, coming over the railroad tracks and the cattle cars, uh, they stop and they get everybody out and they give you a, a, an example of what's to come. And then you get the shell shock of what, what happens next. Right. So, you know, having to have your bags in the right place and, um, it, it is an unforgettable experience. It was probably the first time in my life where um, I didn't make uh, any smart-ass comments or <laughs> or uh, step out of line because I was in fear for my life, right? <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah, it, a great experience. But um, I think in uh, 2006 is when I became a warrant officer. And uh, uh, prior to that just before becoming a warrant so I was an MP and uh, was actually one of the very first reservists activated on September 11th. I, it was a complete accident. I was actually at Fort Bragg making up a drill that I had missed. Uh, and when I came into the office, there was uh, a handful of people watching this little black and white TV. And very uh, naively, I came in. I was like, oh, cool. What movie is that? And they're like, that's the news. And I was like, oh. And within a couple hours, I was put on emergency call-up orders. And, uh, and that's when things really uh, changed for me, right? Uh, I was an IT person. I was just getting started. I just started a job at Nortel. Um, and, uh, you know, overnight, I became a police officer, right? Like at Fort Bragg in a garrison, you know, doing like real police work. I saw everything from, you know, little girls getting their bikes stolen to domestic violence to even... Uh, ho- uh, homicides, right? Uh, it, it was uh, it was the most diverse uh, thing, and uh, really grew a, a, an appreciation for the hard work that uh, that law enforcement does. I mean, um, you, you know, it, it's very evident now that there is um, uh, those that, that 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 dislike police officers. There are those that uh, are scared of police officers. I saw all of that, right? Uh, and that was back in two thousand one, two thousand two. Uh, you know, I, I was playing pool with this guy for almost two hours and, uh, he's like, Oh, so what's your MOS? I said, Oh, 95 Bravo. He goes, isn't that an MP? I was like, yeah, he goes, I'll see you later. Puts his pool stick up. We've been playing pool for two hours. Right? Like, like he, he disliked cops that much. Uh, so, I mean, it, it, I, I'll never forget seeing times like, um, uh, a parent 
telling their kid, they see me in the PX and I'm like, if you don't behave, I'm going to make that MP. I'm going to let him take you away. And I'm like, you know, it really vilified us uh, uh, in that regard. But I, I don't take it away that there are some people that do stupid things out there and make bad choices. I, I think that's like that in any career field. But um, that that experience and being a warrant officer, I mean, a, a police officer, uh, really, really uh, pointed me to uh, becoming a warrant officer. And for those that aren't aware what what a, a warrant officer is, you know, it's it's a technical expert, right? So every uh, branch within the army has warrant officers, and I am a uh, I started out as a signal warrant, and then I branch transferred into cyber. So that's uh, that's where I'm at now. So that's awesome. We're not going to talk about what a lot about what you're doing today because we just aren't going to um uh not because we don't want to share it with you folks but because just as you know uh just as our friendlies are listening to this our adversaries can also do that and so we're 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 not going to go down that route um um today if that makes sense that makes total sense to me and uh let's say hello to our adversaries uh Ni hao, uh, <laughs> and all the good stuff, right? So, uh, Dilla the... Devushkas. <laughs> yeah. Assalamu yeah. alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Shu akhbar kanilium. Eshlonik. Yeah, yeah, all of that good stuff. Uh, you know, it, it, it's it's funny that you say that, right? Uh, about uh, adversaries looking, uh, looking and listening in. Uh, you know, we, we don't give enough credit to the adversaries. Sometimes, you know, working in cyber, you look at uh, an adversarial tactic. And you have to just sit back and be like, "Well played." You know that that was that. <laughs> you know uh, that was that was well played. Good job. You know, like I found you, but well played. <laughs> well, you you gotta appreciate the fact, right? Um, that when they do something good, to go, okay, well done. I found you. Well done. But now I know. Yeah. Right. Or do you want them to know that you know? I mean, there there are some times yeah. where I think that uh, <clears throat> unnecessary flexing occurs just so that you can say, "Hey, you know, we know what you did." Well, right. so 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 the war, right? This is very interesting because I actually did a podcast on this not long ago. Um, I think last week where I was talking about the. Um, sorry, it was Monday of this week. So we're recording. This is election week, folks. Um, it's it's the Friday after uh, uh, election, but on Monday I did a uh, uh, a Biden versus Trump on cybersecurity policy breakdown. Where do they nice. stand on cyber? And uh, the uh, Obama Biden administration was very much into naming and shaming, like flexing, like we see you, China, we know what you did, Jim Kong Un, and you're like, or 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 Danny Chu, um, and, and so. Um, the the Trump administration though doesn't name and shame. When it does the name, it's been predominantly in a DOJ indictment, um, and that's simply to do a DOJ indictment, then issue an Interpol, um, and then put put them and and their respective governments on notice. Um, it's also we, we've a poli- talked about that before, though, James. It, it, yeah, that's a slippery slope when you start indicting nation state actors, right? Because you know, just like the bad guys, we have folks that. Uh, uh, do those type of activities as well. It's really only a matter of time before you know one of our own gets rolled up that's traveling abroad 
uh, for you know some alleged action that they may or may not have been involved in. I, I think I think the difference with that is um, strong when when we're not arresting those people, right? I mean, we we've done that with Russia, right? We've done that with Russians over the last three four years, where you know. Um, they they fly out for a vacation in Spain and then they're met with uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, federales and and uh, and several of our FBI agents that put them on a plane and bring them to the U.S. Um, and in Spain and Greece and and the country of Georgia, not the state of Georgia, and other stuff like that. We've seen that happen. Um, we haven't seen Russia really do that to Americans, and I think there's 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 an we can debate that and I don't want to get into that discussion. That's not the point of veteran November, sure. uh, but that's, it's, it's a very political talk. It's, it's about leadership and, 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 and you know what I mean? And, and, and the, the posture, right? If you're like, I don't know. I just feel like if you tell people like, don't mess with me, if you mess with me, I'll, I'll mess you up. They're, they're likely to think two or three times before they detain an American. than if they feel like by detaining an American, they've got a negotiating card. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree with um, that. <laughs> um, th- 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 there's an aspect to that. So as you tr- as you transferred, um, so, so when did you go from full active duty to reserve, and and kind of talk a little bit about that transition? Yeah. So uh, all of my active duty time has been mobilized as a reservist. Um, so shortly after that two week emergency call up, my reserve unit was mobilized um, at Fort Bragg. Um, and we did a, a year there. Uh, but during that time frame, I lost my job, uh, my civilian job. Uh, didn't know any better at the time. Didn't know that they weren't supposed to do that kind of thing. Um, but uh, I kept volunteering to extend. So I didn't have a job to come back uh, to, to Raleigh to. And, uh, you know, I just kept volunteering to extend. And I ended up doing five years on activated uh, orders um, at Fort Bragg. Um, and that really, um, it did a number of things for me, but, uh, um, it, it told me that I never want to be on active duty for that long. That was for one thing. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, that, that was the nexus for, uh, submitting my, my paperwork to become a warrant officer. Um, so I've also been mobilized and gone over, uh, overseas twice. I did, uh, uh, Iraq tour with the New Mexico national guard as a IMA, uh, my battalion commander when I deployed is now the uh, state adjutant general, um, probably one of the best leaders I've ever served with, uh, uh, Major General uh, Kenneth Nava, um, a, a fantastic, phenomenal leader, somebody that I, I don't think, uh, although he makes mistakes, I, I never saw the guy ever make a mistake. He was um, such a phenomenal leader, listened and always leaded from the front never asked his uh, subordinates to do something that he wasn't right next to you doing himself. Um, and that was a, a phenomenal example of leadership that I saw. My um, my last OCONUS deployment, though, um, was uh, uh, interesting. So I started out in Kuwait, and uh, I was the uh, defensive cyber operations warrant uh, for Southwest Asia. So I also got to go down to Afghanistan and uh, went to Bagram and Kandahar and uh, a whole bunch of other different places and got to assess the posture, the cyber posture that we had in those locations. And um, that was uh, that was interesting. I mean, I, I don't I don't know if you had ever made it over to uh, Kuwait or or if uh, any of the listeners have been to Kuwait, but anybody that's been there knows that 
we run generators everywhere and, and the sound is, is deafening, right? Um, when I got to Bagram and I stepped off the plane, it was dead silent. I mean, it, it, all the power there is permanent. You know, they, they took an old, uh, uh, an old Soviet base and, you know, turned it into the U.S. base that it is today. But um, that's the one thing that I'll, I'll never forget. It was just how quiet it was. Uh, and I was actually there at the best time of the year to be there. The weather was perfect. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of sad if, if, um, if it wasn't such a war-torn area, it'd be a really beautiful place to go to for a vacation destination. I mean, you took the, at the time I was there, you took the weather of Florida with the backdrop of Colorado and mashed them together. And that's what Bagram was. It was absolutely beautiful. Uh, but I never, never got to go outside of the wire uh, uh, in that location. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think you wanted to go outside the wire. No. I don't think you wanted yeah. to go outside that wire. Um, no. Not not exactly recommended. Um, talk a little bit about that civilian kind of transition. Um, you, you're you're now kind of you're 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 a reservist, but you also have a civilian job. Talk about that first civilian job as a reservist. What was that like for you? I think so. The most memorable uh, interview was when I got hired by HP, and the gentleman that was interviewing me, his name is Drew Miller. Uh, became a, a, a fantastic mentor. Uh, we're still friends to this day. Uh, but uh, uh, the very first interview was interrupted by a mortar attack, right? So uh, for those that are not aware, when you, you get mortared, they go into something called River City, they cut all comms. And I was like in the middle of my interview when they cut off comms. So uh, Drew and the other folks that were on this call didn't know whether I was okay, didn't know what had happened. All they knew is they heard some loud booms and then everything went, you know, dead. A couple of weeks <laughs> later, we, uh, we, we got to talk and uh, we were on a VTC again. And uh, they asked me something I'll never forget. Uh, and I always share this story, but they asked me what it was that I feared most. And as a reservist, when you deploy, you're out of work. You know, you're out of the field that you work in, whatever that field may be. You're out of that uh, field for, you know, 10, 12, 13 months, however long that deployment is, right? So, and I've always looked at that as the worst part of coming home. Everything that I do when I'm deployed is predetermined. What I'm going to wear, what I'm going to do, how many hours a day I'm going to work. You know, I know that there's not going to be much downtime, if any. Uh, and that has only gotten uh, more intense as I've, you know, gotten promoted through through the ranks. But um, my answer to him was simple is that the, the one thing that I feared most every time was coming home, uh, because I never knew what to expect. I knew that when I came home, I had X amount of days of a paycheck from the military. And then it was back to trying to find work where I was relevant. And, uh, you know, the longer I was deployed or the longer I was, uh, out of, uh, you know, my industry, I felt like I uh, wasn't as um, relative as I needed to be, right? Uh, so I spent a lot of time on self-development, professional development. You know, of course, I went and got every cert that you can think of, right? Uh, but I, I still didn't think that was enough, right? Like, uh, I was coming back to compete with people that had master's degrees or, you know, varying certifications, but had not been out of industry for 13 months. Because, you know, although I am an IT guy, a cyber guy in the military, 
Um, that's not exactly what I do in the civilian industry, you know, um, every day. Right. So, uh, my answer to him was pretty simple on that. And, uh, you know, unbeknownst to me at the time, they had already decided they were going to hire me. And, uh, he replied back to me saying that, uh, you know, thanking me for my service and then saying, uh, we'd like to be the first to, uh, tell you that you have one less thing to worry about, uh, when you come home, uh, that we have an offer letter that we just emailed you. And it was one of those things, right? Cause it was the first major paid jump that I had gotten in my career. Uh, and when I opened it up, you know, I had to, you know, like, oh, okay, well, you know, I'll, I'll take a look at this. But meanwhile, like I'm doing cartwheels in my head, right? Like <laughs> to, to see that number on, uh, um, and, and, and it's one thing that I always tell folks that, um, I provide mentorship to is it, it, it may sound corny, but the person that hires you for your job, say thank you to them, right? Not just when they hire you, but you know, every now and then while you're still employed there, say thank you to them because, uh, I know for me, that job was pivotal for me in, in my, not only in my, my civilian career, but what I learned and who I got to work with and the things that I did while at HP, that was one of the uh, uh, best jobs that I had up until where I'm working at now, shameless plug. Uh, but uh, yeah, every time I got deployed or every time I had to go away, the leadership at HP uh, um, always uh, assured me, one, I was going to have a job. Two, they paid me my salary while I was gone. Th those are not things that an employer has to do. USERA only requires an employer to maintain your job. Uh, they don't require anything uh, uh, about um, above that, above and beyond. So I, I obviously I made sure to recognize my leadership for um, those extra mile efforts that they. Uh, there's an award uh, that you can put them in for called the Above and Beyond Act or uh, Above and Beyond Award from uh, uh, the ESGR is uh, Employment, uh, I, I can't remember what the uh, acronym stands for, but uh, ESGR is the organization. They look out for the employment rights for Garden Reserves. Yeah, um, shout out to HP, for real. Yeah. Um, th that is, that is, that is uh, ethics and integrity before business. That is country and patriotism before the good almighty profit line. Um, and that's that's something I wish more U.S. companies would do. Yeah, 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 absolutely. My, my current uh, civilian employer now is also very supportive. I mean, since COVID, right, um, and all the, the, the cloud stuff has started happening, uh, I've been a lot more busy than what I would normally be with my military roles and responsibilities. And uh, uh, my current employer uh, has been very supportive of that as well. So, um, you know, hats off and, and major thanks to them. I always uh, take the opportunity to say thank you um, uh, to my current employer and my my, my supervisor. Actually. Well, it, 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 it's it's in good spirit. Um, currently, um, David doesn't want to say the name of the company because we said we weren't we weren't going to do vendor stuff. But um, the name of the company he does work for is SpyCloud, and you guys can check him out and talk to David about what what they do if you if you'd like. I'm always for supporting organizations that support our veterans. Um, you know, last time I saw you, David, was uh, we were sitting in the uh, Marine Corps Hotel in San Francisco. Um, yeah. Um, 
and and right before COVID really uh, kicked our kicked our uh, back ends and, and and put us on our uh, uh, grounded us at home for a little while, and um, it was a lot of fun. I think you know we originally met at RSA. Um, and, and it feels like every RSA, we find, a uh, 500 reasons to connect and in between we, we also do that. And it's, it's, it's fun. You've, what, what's one of the most difficult things though, in transitioning to the civilian role, um, after being in active duty for so long? Well, you know, one of the things that I've observed in interviewing, right, is because I've been in a people manager, uh, role or two and, um, I always look for veterans, right? Uh, it's it's a no-brainer right you get somebody that is transitioning they've had the training they know uh leadership they know chain of command there's all sorts of things that are just baked in and it doesn't matter if you serve for three years if you serve for 20 years those things are institutionalized in every veteran regardless of branch of service right um so it's always a, a plus when you're looking for somebody that you have to rely upon um, and trust uh, uh, to do something. But one of the things that I've always found kind of entertaining is those that are of higher rank, right? Like, so your lieutenant colonels, your, your majors, your sergeant majors, right? Like, it's a big reality um, uh, awakener for them to go from being something really important to uh, starting over, right? And, and uh, a lot of times, if you're not in a, a, um, a company that's, U.S. public centric, right? That um, that that rank that you had, all those accolades that you had, you have to hang those up on the door when you come to the new organization, and that's really hard for a lot of people. I mean, I, I I've seen it firsthand where somebody will come in and they're trying to lead the interview. They're not selling what the value add that I know that they're bringing. Otherwise, they wouldn't have been getting interviewed. But um, it, that that ego check, leaving that at the door. Um, is difficult for some of the senior ranking folks. Uh, and that's why I, I think a lot of them stay U.S. public sector centric, right? Because, you know, a, a, a flag officer is a flag officer is a flag officer, right? They're, they're always going to be general so-and-so or admiral so-and-so. And that rank uh, um, is, you know, they earned it uh, 30 plus years of service to get to that point. Uh, but uh, U.S. public sector um, uh, centric uh, employers that holds a lot more weight, right? Rather than being at a startup um, that is not uh, centric to U.S. public sector. So that, that's probably one of the more challenging things, right, is is, is finding your place and and then sticking to it. Um, that probably would be the, the, the greatest challenge I've seen so far. So given your experience, if you could go back in time and talk to your young self, um, as you were getting ready to take your first civilian job, what would you tell, what advice would you give your young self today? Ah, yeah, there's so many, so many lessons. And anybody that's listening from uh, my Fort Bragg days, I'll know that, uh, you know, the gift of gab and thinking I was the smartest one in the room all the time uh, has, has been a, Wait, you, um, still, you still do that now. <laughs> You still do that now. I don't know yeah. that that's, I don't know yeah. that you want to go back to yourself and talk about thinking you're the smartest guy. In yeah. Your so I, I, I have a license plate that I got uh, for one of my cars uh, back in the day that said UCMJ got me. And, uh, you know, I was one of those smart knuckleheads that was a specialist twice. 
um, and, uh, you know, running my mouth to the wrong folks at the wrong time. Um, and uh, I think the, the, the wiser me, if I could go back and tell a younger me, is uh, learn when to shut up, right? Uh, and learn to listen more. Um, every leader that I've ever had a tremendous amount of respect for has been a leader that uh, doesn't come in barking, but comes in and listens, observes, takes notes, and then comes back with uh, uh, suggested improvements, right? And and sometimes those improvements are, are uh, home run, and sometimes there's things where we can have lessons learned. But uh, a, a lesson that the wiser me would tell the younger me is, you know, learn when to shut up and, uh, you know, don't take things personal. Yeah, especially in the civilian world, especially in yeah. the civilian world. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're, we're almost out of time, David, and I hate that, but I, I've Man. promised I've promised Wait. our audience. Th- well, I've promised 30 minute episodes for this, right? Because, the, you know, these episodes are going out on top of all of our additional content. And so, you know, I'd, I'd love to do a Joe Rogan style stuff on this on November 30th, folks. So so a week from tomorrow, uh, we'll be doing a um a, a private zoom for all veterans to join in anyone who wants to come in um can actually sign up on our website to attend at cyberhubpodcast.com or contact me directly on linkedin or twitter um if, if you want to join it's going to be myself brian lazada chris cochran um we're going to have a few other people joining us and it's just going to be an open forum for uh locking down veteran november um it'll be around five i believe five or five thirty p.m eastern standard time we'll we'll you'll see the date um in the invite we're going to jump on a private zoom call um and we're just going to have a good time and david you're you can definitely join us man we're, we're going to awesome. be definitely hanging well. out it'll be all veterans and uh we're just really gonna gonna talk about what we're thankful for and kind of start to build that infosec agnostic veteran community and and my goal is to really hopefully by next November have a few chapters of us, uh, maybe have one in in Dallas, in Atlanta, maybe in in, in North Carolina, um, that really support the infosec community. That's and awesome. what I mean what I mean by that is veterans that are reaching out to bases and, and and building those bridges. So as you know, people are getting ready to get discharged, they can come over to us and we can build a set of resources, help them with job interviews, help them with career skills or picking the right school or what programs to go into and, and, and building some mentorship programs. And really, you know, we need all kinds of people in InfoSec, all kinds of people in InfoSec. And, and we don't just need people who know how to use a computer. We need people that know how to use their mouth. We need people that know how to lead. We need people who know how to think. I think thinking, critical thinking is one of the critical aspects of InfoSec that a lot of people don't talk about. But it's... Well, soft skills, right? Soft skills, you can't you can't teach somebody how not to be an asshole, right? So uh, I think... We're trying with that... you, David. We're trying. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I told you my cool arrow story. So, you know, that's... Uh, I'll never live that one down. No, no, you won't. So um, <laughs> since you're, you know, I end every interview asking everyone that same question. What's one thing you love about your, you loved typically in past tense about your military service, but you're still a reservist. You're still enlisted. Um, you may, you're a lifer at this point. Um, yeah. I, I don't think you're going to leave. I think they're going to kick you out. They're just going to come to you and be like, hey, David, um, you're not in Vermont anymore. Yeah, yeah you're you're gonna, sitting there the drooling. Glitch. Yeah, sitting there <laughs> drooling on a computer keyboard, going like, uh, "What is this?" Uh, 
Um, remember in the in the in the God, in Godfather two where he goes and he kills the guy uh, Robert De Niro who plays Al Pacino who plays the Godfather in Godfather two. He goes and he kills the old Don that killed his family. What is your name, Antonio Andoni? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No. But if you, if you're asking what I'm thankful for, um, really, it, it's pretty simple. I wouldn't be where I'm at today without the military. Um, you know, I, I joined the split op program for a reason. It was to break a pattern um, uh, of um, you know uh, a bad uh, bad upbringing that. Uh, I was going through, I was involved with all the wrong things at all the wrong times. And, uh, the really, the military got me away from all that, gave me a solid education, uh, and, uh, put me in a career field that says it, I learned something new every day. I mean, uh, literally every day there is something new that I learn, um, that allows me to be better the, the next day. Uh, and that's, that's really my goal every day is to try to be better than I was yesterday. Yeah. Um, and I apply that to the military and my civilian job. Brilliant. David, thank you so much for coming on veteran November. No, thanks. For thank you. Me. Happy, thank... happy, happy, happy birthday to you. So. Th- th- thank you. Um, um, I'm, I'm grateful for, um, a lot of people in my life. I'm, I'm grateful to you and I'm thankful, uh, since the moment we met, you've made me think different. You've made me uh, appreciate the things that you do. You've been able to explain to me stuff that I didn't understand in a way that would make me uh, comprehend it. Our conversations have always been, um, I think like it was like the first time we met, it felt like we've known each other for 20 years. It was just yeah. like, if, if you guys want to really catch my first interview with David Vaughn, go to YouTube, find our RSA coverage from 2018. Or 2019. Forget which one it was. It was 18. 18. It was 18. Uh, uh, yeah, cause, yeah, 2018. Um, and, and there's my interview with David. And it was a, one, of the, uh, one of my funnest interviews of that day. Um, yeah, we just, just went on forever and ever and ever. <laughs> we did. And we were talking about everything. Um, yeah. But it was like we'd known each other for 20 years. And I think that's one thing about being veterans in our nation, right? Being part of that brotherhood, that camaraderie is we see each other and it's just on right then and there, right? It's, it's you know, unless you're Air Force, then we kind of look at you weird. Um, but, but, but <laughs> or, if, or, or jealous envy, right? Of uh, how they get treated better than everybody else. Right. I always know. used to joke when, when Micah was, uh, was my producer on the show, I always used to joke with Micah and I'd be like, is uh, you know, we'd go get lunch and I'd be like, I'm sorry, you know, we're getting burger fi today and not a filet. <laughs> I know that you got used to eating gourmet food in the Air Force, but yeah. you know, we army yeah. guys, we, you know, we, we'd suffice with an, uh, with an MRE. Uh, I'll, I'll never forget, man. I when I was in Iraq, um, and I know we're wrapping up, but uh, I had an E three airman uh, that was teaching me things, right? Like th- this guy was wicked smart, but he reported in in civilian clothes, which you're not supposed to do. Uh, he was wearing a, a, a hat that had a Ranger tab on it that said "Infidel" on it, which I thought was hilarious, and I knew as soon as I saw him. <laughs> That we were going to get along just fine. So this guy's teaching me all sorts of PowerShell tricks. And, uh, you know, uh, about two or three months later, he's like, well, Chief, it was great. Uh, um, I'm, I'm on my way out. I'm like, where are you going? You just got here. He's like, yeah, we only deploy for four months. And I'm like, I'm like on month 12 of a 13-month deployment. I was like, I was livid at that point. <laughs> so, uh, 
But you know, another really important thing, James, as we close out, um, I, I know that this is uh, airing on the 22nd, correct? Correct. No. So the 22nd of November is kind of a big deal, right? Um, uh, for suicide awareness. Yep. Um, 22 and, a day. Uh, yeah, I, I uh, just got called out uh, uh, by uh, a sergeant major, so I will be doing my 22 push-ups later on. Uh, but um, I lost two soldiers this year uh, that were um, very, very close that I helped become warrant officers, and uh, I still talk to their family um, every week, and uh, um, it, it's a shame, right? So uh, anybody that's listening, if you know me, don't know me, you need somebody to talk to you. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. You can find me on VetSec, uh, VetCon. Um, I'm a part of all those things. Uh, reach out, please, uh, to anybody. Um, and I'm, I'm definitely willing and able to listen. So. If at any point in period in time you feel like you need to talk to someone, reach out to someone. Um, reach out and, and, and ask them and, 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 and just talk. Um, I know that sometimes things seem hopeless or things get difficult and um, you feel like there is no place. And the reason I did Veteran November, um, part of it is to inspire you to understand that there is a way for anyone of any background to get somewhere. And we in the InfoSec community welcome anyone with open arms and we'll open doors, we'll create opportunities and we'll help you. If it's a living that you need, if it's the brotherhood that you miss, or you, you know, whether it be male or female, um, and I'm sorry for only doing it in in the he version of it, but but reach out, like David said, and talk. You can reach out to myself. You can reach out to anyone who's been on the show, and I know that they would drop everything and anything and, and help in a, in a moment's notice. Yeah. So, yeah, I've yeah, had definitely. some dark times myself. Uh, you know, I, I've I've achieved a lot of success, uh, but that success has come with sacrifices. You know, I've been divorced twice. I've been been there, had those dark thoughts, um, and uh, went and got the help that was necessary, and surrounded myself by friends and family that uh, you know that uh, reassured me that my life had value, and uh, there's no shame in in asking for help. Uh, it's uh, it's a lot better than you know your your child uh, walking in and discovering that you you've made a uh, a choice that uh, you can't unchange. So, yeah, that is um, that is so true, and and we'll end with that, folks. Um, really, if you need help, reach out. Um, and David, thank you for sharing that about yourself. It's it's yeah. never easy, you know. In in a lot of places, we try to play on um, because of the era of social media and and all that. We try to show just how successful we are, and we fail. Uh, to show where we struggle. Um, and so the idea is uh, we've all struggled. I think we've all been in places where, you know, we've ended relationships. We've, um, we've, we've, you know, things just don't quite work out. The plan doesn't always work the way it does in the military. And even the plans in the military don't always work like the way they're supposed to work in the military. Yeah. Uh, but there's no reason whatsoever to think that that's the end of the road for you. Um, you know, you, you've got people I heard that have struggled and, and have gone through, you know, the difficult, you know, processes, you know, things, you know, so forth. So, yeah, I mean, you got called out. 22 a day 
that's um that's a real number folks um yeah and uh <laughs> i had to make sure i could do 22 push-ups <laughs> well but thankfully i i keep my pt standards uh within the range that i need to <laughs> well you know uh, just do your 22 push-ups challenge someone else and pass it down and uh and, 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 well, yeah. I, I plan on calling out 22 people at the same time. I've already got a list made right here on my desk. Uh, <laughs> so I got two generals on that list uh, that I know pretty well. Uh, I'm going to definitely try to call some awareness to uh, 22 November. So, Yeah, 22 November, folks. Um, David, thank you again. Folks, uh, I know this went a little bit longer than promised, but I think the last 10 minutes might have been the most authentic of the show. And so with, with, with that being said, um, please share this. Um, if you know, if, if you have a family member, uh, a son, a daughter, a nephew, a niece, a brother, a dad who's struggling and, and, and you don't know where to start for help, reach out to any one of us and, and we'll gladly uh, put forth our resources and help them get out of whatever rut they're in or whatever moment they feel like they're in. Uh, don't stay silent. Don't think it's going to you know, pass on its own. In most cases, it does not. They do need help and, and they need some encouragement and, and who better to give it to them than the people who've been through what they've gone through. So, absolutely, you know, um, uh, that's really important. All right, folks, uh, that's it. David, thank you so much, buddy. Um, we can do this Thanks forever. For um, and, and we can, so folks, um, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Um, thank you so much. Uh, it's Thanksgiving week. So, you know, we talk about 22 a day and what we're thankful for. And people go around the table on Thursday and they break a turkey and they're all grateful for all things, but be grateful to the men and women who put on that uniform. There's men and there's families today in this country this week that are going to be planning another holiday without their loved ones who are KIA or still MIA, um, who didn't make it home. Um, and remember those people and be thankful to those families who've, uh, who've, whose, whose loved ones made the ultimate sacrifice for our freedom, for our ability to be in this nation and for all of our shortfalls and all the things that have gone on this month, you know, and I don't know where we are with the elections by the time this airs, but for all the things that have gone on, just remember, we live in the greatest country on earth, that we have a thriving democracy and that we'll get through all of this stuff, no matter what happens. Um, it's not the end. It's only the beginning. And while we're not perfect, the people in our nation make it much a much better place to live and the number one country in the world that everyone wants to go to. The American dream is alive and well. People want to be here. That's thanks to... Our, our armed services that's thanks to our freedoms and just remember that this week as we kind of hone in on thanksgiving and spending time with our loved ones all right that's it guys thank you stay awesome. healthy thanks. happy thanks, thanksgiving and stay you cyber well. safe make sure to subscribe to our podcast and share it with your friends and colleagues and get all the latest information at cyberhubpodcast.com 